Courageous Conversations. We are back. I'm Cece. Karen Stars is here. Yay. Hey, Cece. I know. It has been, um, gosh, it seems almost like a month, but I don't even know. Maybe it has been. You're like my little world traveler, just traveling everywhere, (laughs) leaving me to fend for myself in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Arizona doesn't change with time. So you guys are just chilling year round and we're out here creating time and (laughs) creating time we create our own time here okay that's what we do (laughs) actually you know I think I I might have told you this before is completely off the topic of what we're going to talk about today and so it may be edited out I'm totally willing to have it edited out um however did I tell you how daylight savings began who started it no, I don't know. Wait, so, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, okay. I'm going to guess that it was started by like a corporation, right? Like a business started it. Yes. I think I might've told you this before, or we might have. This Am I just in a moment of like remembering? I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I don't remember. You can, let me guess. You could be remembering or you could just know. Yes. So it was started by marketers who wanted to have more time. So there were two groups. One were golf course marketers who wanted to have more time daylight. And then the others were Halloween. It was around Halloween. They wanted to have more daylight for the trick-or-treating and candy sales. I mean, I'm almost 100% that this is true because I did Google it. (laughs) Oh, yes. If you Google it, it's true. I just... (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And now maybe it might inspire some of our listeners to finally call in and write in if they if they can prove me wrong there. Um (laughs) (laughs) so I invite you for some feedback, but that is that is uh what I heard, which means Arizona was not gonna buy that. They were not gonna buy that ticket, and they just said nope, not doing it. I dig it. Like, and it further proves everyone's just out here making shit up. And then all of a sudden, everyone, we agree with it. So <laughs> go out there and make up your own shit. As long as, like, for me, I'm going to say as long as it's kind <laughs> towards other people. As long as it's, yeah, as long as we're trying, we're creating peace and not violence, go ahead and make it up. Um, so speaking of oh, what we're going to talk about, about today. Well, I, I want to talk about loneliness. For a couple of reasons. One, I was inspired by uh, NPR conversation the other day when I was driving over the mountain to a practice group. And then also, this is the time of year, I think that loneliness gets amplified. And it may seem strange because what? We're with families. But for me, and especially I remember back to my times of Great Depression, um, it amplified how separate I was from my family, even if I was in the midst of the family, meaning like they didn't get me or we didn't make connection. Um, So it somehow amplified it, the loneliness. And then you add, you know, maybe you add food and drink and other things that isolate. Um, And so it it seems to amplify it. So I'm curious, is that something that you would enjoy talking about? Yeah, I think I enjoy it. I mean, I'm enjoying hearing you saying even just the part of you know yes I'm here and I'm sitting with my family and I still feel lonely because you know maybe what I'm saying is not 
connecting or what they're saying is not connecting with me. So it's just this like moment of, dang, I'm sitting in a room with people and like, I'm alone, you know, that thought that like, I'm different, you know, or whatever that comes up thought wise. Yeah. Maybe your need to be seen or known for who you are. You know, some of us come back to Thanksgiving or Christmas from, you know, being out in the world and being a different personality and growing. And then we come back and um, we're in this, we're fit back into our role as people see it youngest, oldest, middle child, uh, climber, rocker, artist, smart one, you know, these labels that separate us stay with us and it can create some loneliness. Yeah. And I, I think you said this meeting people like where they're at and hoping that people will meet you like where you're at too. You didn't say those exact words, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. People see you, they know you in one way and then you're gone. You're gone for the whole year, right? Maybe you live in another state or even if you live in the same state, another city, you have kind of just a different life going on and you come back and they only, they choose to still recognize you as who you were maybe the last time they saw you last year. And so many changes can happen especially in a year, but sometimes just from day to day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so having a moment where people can just kind of see you for where you really, where you're actually at. And then also like on our end, being willing to do the same for others could be helpful to connection. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you put that. And so what was inspiring about the NPR broadcast was um, the identification by our surgeon general after traveling the country and doing many interviews and he is an MD as well as, you know, the surgeon general, um, he identified that loneliness was actually more detrimental to our health individually and collectively than heart disease or diabetes. And that it was like smoking 15 cigarettes a day had that much impact on our health. So that really, kind of my, my ears and my eyeballs went, you know, and, (laughs) um, and I was listening to him and, and, you know, he said for older gentlemen, as he went around and, and was, you know, having these case studies and interviews, he realized that loneliness showed up in one of two ways, anxiety and anger. And he said, although some people may be, you know, clinically anxious and he has medicated people for this. Um, a lot of this is, is by loneliness, you know, that it's, that's the stimulus for these emotions to come out. And then it's also a contributing factor to alcoholism and addictions. So people are lonely, they want connection, they pick something up, it loosens them up in order enough to be social, or it gives them some thoughts that of belonging and temporarily it kind of takes that away, but then it intensifies it. So that that's the addiction. You need more and you need more to keep, to keep staving off that feeling of loneliness. Um, so what really was cool, cool in this um, interview was that the ways out of this, the strategies out of our loneliness, because it's not something you can take a pill for, mm-hmm. sounded like NBC to me. It was self-connection. And then connection with others. So I got really excited because that's what we do. The first thing that we do in um, 
nonviolent communication or compassionate communication is to self-connect. And not only in ways of here's what I'm feeling, here's my thoughts, here's what I'm feeling, here's what I'm needing, but also in deeper, here's my belief systems. Here's what I'm running off of. Here are my stories and really knowing ourselves as we practice it more and more and more knowing you and I were talking about working out this morning and like what inspired you. And I think it was that practice of knowing yourself and speaking differently to yourself. Oh yeah. That was a hundred percent. And I think too, like it does kind of relate back to what we're talking about just in the, like you said, changing the way that we talk to ourselves. Cause sometimes if you're like sitting there and you're have loneliness and are you trying to say like, I'm so lonely, then that's still like a thought that you're saying in your head, like, and you, and it turns into like, why don't people want to hang out with me? Oh, is there something wrong with me? You know? Um, and that is a uh, slippery slope and total spiral effect. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's snowball. Like it starts small and you're like, Oh, I'll be over it tomorrow. But then if you, right, you choose to have a drink, Oh, drinking really helps. Like in the moment I talk to people and then you go home and you still have the thoughts. You haven't gotten to like the root of what is actually going on, you know, for you. And so to go back to what, you know, you were saying earlier about what I told you before the podcast was that's something I had to do for myself. Cause I would go to the, I would go to the gym and like be saying like, Oh God, I hate myself. Hate it. You know, or like, look at other people and be like, Oh, I don't belong here. Like no one wants to talk to me here. Like, Oh, so many random thoughts, which now I think about it. And I'm like, why, why did I like <laughs> even have these thoughts? Cause well, now when I go, it's just different. Like I've changed my thoughts about it. And the reason why I go is like, because I love myself, you know, I'm not going there being like, I, I hate this part of my body. I need to change it. I'm like, dude, like, thanks for all you do. And I'm just trying to help you out. Keep you strong. Like love you fam, you know, (laughs) to myself. (laughs) Um, But it helped with me doing that, then helped like me connect a little bit more with people that go to my gym or, and I didn't, even if I just go and I sit there, like I'm chill. Like I'm not looking around like, why isn't it talking to me? Why is that one group over there? Like none of those thoughts cross my mind. I'm just like, cool. Like we're all here to work out. We're all just vibing, doing our thing. Um, And it's made it a lot more fun for me. And I think that part of it too, like loneliness did, did hit, you know, when I would sit there and it was part of it. So it is come back full circle saying a lot more words right now than I thought I would, but uh, (laughs) it comes down to figuring out, Hey, what's going on? Like with me, what am I saying to myself? What am I choosing to do when I say those things to myself? Like all of those things. What are my stories and belief systems? And you hit on one of the belief systems that we carry around, which is a total myth is like, I'm somehow different or unique, unique so much that I identify away from other groups. So I don't want to say, don't, you know, don't say, yay, I'm unique and celebrate that part of it. It's like when we use uniqueness to say, I'm so different from you that I can't connect with you. That's, that's the, the part of that myth that can take us down. And, you know, at the moments in my life, when I was the most lonely. Some of those times I was surrounded by people. The thoughts in my head were just louder than anything that was happening in my real world. I just like resonate with that. It's like, I've been there too, you know, and it's like, 
I don't know if it is for you, but like for me, now that I look back at it, I'm like, that's a little scary that I was just in a room full of people. And the only thing I could hear was how I was talking to myself about how different I was or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a little bit scary. And it's also so foreign after all the work that I've done with um, self-connection. I mean, I have compassion for the person that I was, and I'm just so glad that I've learned to do this on a daily basis to go, okay, these are my thoughts. I can be aware of them. Here's my actual feelings, all of this based on an observation. (laughs) (laughs) And then here's the needs I have. And then it just keeps like getting richer and richer for me by deepening it through practice. I mean, reading Marshall's book, Nonviolent Communication Language Life, I've done it gazillions of times now. Like that's not even a number, but you know, I've read it so many times with clients and groups by myself on the plane, picking it up. Um, it just deepens for me. And then being in practice group and continuing to lead classes has it's there's always an opportunity to practice connection. And there's always an opportunity to be out of connection, to get stimulated or be the stimulus. Yeah. I like that you said that both of those things, one, that there's always like, there's always an opportunity to practice um, and that there's always an opportunity to choose not to practice. It's like up to you, you know, if you're there, then choose for lack of a better term right now. I always think of like, choose your heart, you know, like it's hard sometimes to have conversations those courageous conversations with people um or to be a little vulnerable and you know get in there and it's also hard to not do it because then it's kind of just sitting with you and both are both are your choice yeah I had um in my travels I was doing a workshop a weekend a weekend (laughs) workshop with some folks and I do an I do an exercise on if I'm, if I happen to be focusing on power at all during a workshop, I'll do a power exercise, which can, it's intended to bring up the discomfort because the first part of the exercise is having us line up in the way that the world sees us. So, you know, cis white male would be at the kind of power position in this lineup. And then maybe your transgender person of color would be at the, the other end, just physical outside or what you're willing to say. Like I might say, yeah, well, I'm going to move down here because I'm a lesbian or bisexual, but it is naming these things and people are choice. I don't force them. I say, if you want to do this, this is, <laughs> it's going to be uncomfortable, but we, we do this so that we can then move into learning our own personal powers. And then I do a a whole exercise and take time with self-identifying our own personal powers through um, our environment, our needs, our strategies growing up. And, um, you know, if we stick with it, in my experience, it is empowering. It's very empowering for the people present. And, you know, there's generally one or two people that might get stimulated. And sure enough, this past time, there was. And I got, um, I had the opportunity to give empathy to two people who were involved in this kind of stimulating moment. Um, 
one person chose after the empathy to leave and another person um, I didn't give empathy to until the next day. Um, I did hear, I don't want you to ever do that exercise again <laughs> as part of the feedback. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the opportunity to hear what's live for them and to give them empathy. And I, I will tweak from, from the feedback I got, I will tweak a couple of the words that I say, I'll make clearer a couple things, but I'm not going to take it out. And the reason is that if we don't face those edges, we don't, we don't grow. We don't know ourselves deeper. And um, part of my work is to hold your hand as we push the edge. And I'm willing to be there for that. I do believe that that will help us to step away from loneliness and into community the deeper we do this kind of work. And it's not for everybody. I would think too, like when I hear you saying that, hey, you kind of have them stand that line and kind of go by like whatever societal like power structures are kind of in place. And then afterwards redo the exercise in a different way where it's more about like internal power that it creates like awareness around what is the reality and stepping outside of what you think you're you think it is and really getting the opportunity to step and step in and see what maybe other people are experiencing in the systems that we live in and individually get to know people because after that when I ask people to kind of um, decide where they might be you know in a line or in a circle which is ideal everybody ends up in a circle um you know sometimes it, I've had the the people who we think might have all the power, white male in the room, um, move way down on the line and then express, you know, this last time I had someone express uh, really glad to be able to do this exercise because he was now down at the very bottom. And he said that he'd been walking in a lot of shame um, since, since the awareness around racial divides has become more apparent since 2020 or so, but he'd been walking in a lot of shame and despair and didn't know how to talk about this and had lost a lot of personal power. Um, so it was for me really wonderful for the community there to see this, to witness this self-expression from him and for him to have the vulnerability and courage to say, this is where I put myself right now this is what I'm experiencing. And, and I believed it to be a hundred percent authentic. Oh, wow. I like hearing that. Just cause you can kind of see where people like are growing, mm-hmm. you know, even if it is like, like shame is, I've been saying the word hard a lot, but saying with like shame or guilt can be so hard. It can eat you up inside. And so just to hear that, like someone was willing to just talk about it and step outside, like, his, our, you know, his protective bubble. I think we all kind of sometimes walk around with a little bit of protective bubble yeah. um, and share that with people. He probably lessened his like loneliness load, you know? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime we share, you know, our battles that were going on inside of us in a place of trust, I wouldn't want it to be in a place where you don't have trust. And we had created that over the weekend. Um we we alleviate some of our loneliness because we're making connection yeah and i think it's cool because you also realize that you're not the only one a lot of people 
walk around like, oh, I'm the only one dealing with this. And it's like, no, you're the only one that's like courageous enough to just say it out loud right now. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people experience it and they just hold it in because right? maybe there's fear or whatever. Like, so if you're feeling lonely out there and you're having ideas that you're not connected or you're not valued or you're not seen, I want you to know that there is every opportunity to be seen by Cece and I. We, yes. we are here for you with our giraffe ears on and our giraffe eyeballs going. Um, there is a 12-week course coming up, NBC and Habits, starting in January. Woo-hoo. Would love for you to come and be part of that community. I will tell you that feedback I've gotten not only from the classes that I run online, but all the workshops that I've had in the past two weeks live is regardless if there was any kind of stimulus or something is the connection that people got in community, whether it was a work group, a church group, a community group, a business, it was, we value the connection that we, we made here today. So I can't say enough about stepping in there and doing it. We, we try to really create a place of trust and to make agreements that support trust, safety, care, um, kindness, awareness. So if you're looking for more of that, please sign up for NBC and Habits. There are scholarships available for payment plans. And Cece, you have anything to add? Um, yeah, so we also do have Patreon where you can get like bonus episodes. There's some resources on there to support you in your learning. And also Karen does have a practice group um, every Tuesday. So it's another way for you to get in there and choose uh, to practice or to not practice. You can sit <laughs> and see how other people go about it. It's a lot of opportunities for growth in there. That's right. I want you all to enjoy if you do or if you don't celebrate whatever you treat this time as. If you're with family, if you're not with family, if it's a family of your choosing, hope you take some time to love yourself, to give yourself a big appreciation and gratitude um, and be well. Thanks for listening. Bye.